and welcome once again to the How Long to Peak podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Rick, joined as always by Paula. Hello. And Alex. It's me. Who was getting very panicked because I was getting into the groove and not starting the recording. He was like, we're, we're good to go. Are we going? Are we going? Giving me, <laughs> me the scared panic eyes of like, you can start now. Please start now. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we are, as always, going to talk completions, retirements, playing. Um, maybe a bit more Age of Empires 4 talk in there. I don't know where you're at with that. I've been on holiday for a week. I'm totally unplugged from everything. Um, <laughs> which brings us beautifully onto this week's topic, uh, holiday gaming. Mm-hmm. And then, don't worry, we're not going to be taking a break from how, how long, long to, be to beat the, the game. game. I'm slowly building that trust back up. <laughs> Slowly. <laughs> you're building it up just so you can tear it back down. I know you. <laughs> Nah. I, I tell you what, I do want to tear down a little bit though, and I am going to just pee myself in for the completions. Undertale is fine. Yeah, it's a had to be there game. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. Now, I'm probably going to play it again because it's very, very short. Like, I clocked mm. a neutral playthrough in four and a half hours. Wow, is it that if short? It's not. Yeah, okay. It, it can be that short. Like, there's oh, definitely okay. extra things you can partake in. Um, without giving too much away there's like a a miniature hub towards the back end of the game that i think had side quests in if you were willing to seek them out i basically went straight through that area and didn't stop um i think this game was just a a hype machine like there's definitely the possibility that some of the different runs which i think i will probably go back to and try out change things and do something fundamentally incredible but the whole like good bad karma thing it's been done before it's not that impressive um yeah. i suppose that the impressive thing is that this was a one guy effort yeah. but again that that that's been done before as much as a, a feat as it is it's not necessarily surprising in the way that maybe it had been now you look at something like bright memory where that's one person that looks like it could be a triple a jobby that is impressive as a one-man job um a, a top-down rpg maker type rpg thing with an innovative but relatively bare bones turn-based thing not so much and it's not that the game isn't good the game is good and it has lots of really good writing and lots of fun little ideas that it peppers in throughout it um it it just isn't the like game the video game which i think is what it kind of was sold as um yeah I, i i don't really know well, let's go on that. Obviously, you've played Alex by the sounds of it. Have you played this one, Paula? Or I didn't play it, but I did watch when it came out a play, uh, complete playthrough of all routes of the game. Ah, close enough then. Yeah, that's fine. So we, we all kind of know what's talking about. Sorry, I cut you off, Alex. I think you had something to throw no, into the ring there. Well, I was just going to say, like, this game to me, it reminds me of Earthbound in more than one way, in the sense that Earthbound is a game because obviously this is heavily inspired by that. Same with uh, Live Live too, actually. But um, Earthbound is this game, right, that arguably is good and and fine, but has a really, really strong fan base because I think it tapped at something that wasn't really being done, right? It takes a new take on things. And especially when this came out 2015, I mean, just think like we're at the tail end right there of, um, or, or I guess that's kind of like, because was the PS4... In 2012. Like 2012. 2012, 2013. Okay, yeah. Back end of 2012, yeah. So we're in this, like, the beginning of this new kind of era, right, um, of gaming. And games are coming out at the time. There's, there's good games. But 
I felt, I feel like we were still just seeing the indie world kind of coming into its own again because we had the Xbox Live Arcade era, um, which was great. Um, but that was also kind of like a few indie games, right? Like it wasn't like that full on explosion yet. And so the 2D gaming that I would think of, especially on like a console, I just feel like there wasn't as much of it. And um, this game kind of came in and I don't know, personally, I felt like JRPGs at that time were kind of lagging a little bit. Now, of course, people like, to, you know, obviously there were good games still coming out, but I think in like the popular consciousness, a lot of RPGs, especially the big series, were moving towards large, huge production, kind of AAA, 3D games, right? It's uh, FF15 era for sure. Exactly. Um, and I do want to correct myself, uh, PlayStation 4 is 2013. It is 13. Right, okay. Yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I had that in my brain somewhere. I was like, 2013, I think. <laughs> I think we've done this a couple of episodes ago and we're just repeating it. But yeah. yeah, yeah. But so I think of that that time period and... You know, it does something quite impressive. It's really fun. And then I also think that a young generation hooked onto it really intensely. And as someone who was, as someone who was young once, <laughs> little experience I've had that not many have, let's just be real. You get really into shit when you're young, right? Like, and you grab something that's new and they don't know Earthbound. They don't know the series before this. They grab this thing. It's new, impressive. The internet age is huge at this point, right? This is one of those first games like with Friday. Like, I mean, when you look it up, I just looked up Undertale release date and it says people also search for Five Nights at Freddy's, right? Like it's like that time period, right? Where suddenly you've got streaming, Twitch, all this stuff. It becomes a huge internet thing. And I think at that point, it now is no longer possible to just enjoy as a game. It has, it's a cultural icon in a lot of ways, right? At least in the game. Yeah. I, I think I'd go one further. I'd say it was a meme game. I think the whole mm-hmm. Sans Megalovania thing probably propelled it and i think you know everything you say about twitch and being that moment in time probably rings true yeah. uh the irony being the run i did i actually didn't fight sans that yeah. isn't a thing that happens on the neutral run um or at least it didn't in mine i, I don't think- necessarily think that it, it's held back by that though because i no. by some miracle managed to avoid any actual spoilers for the game um other than knowing that pacifist runs are possible and yeah. being aware of Sans and Megalovania as things that exist without any sort of game context. Mm. I, I just think the overall product is like, you know, a, a seven and a half, eight out of 10. I just, I think it, yeah. shown from the hype, that's where it sits. And I don't think it's necessarily true that you can only experience it as within that context, but I think it probably is elevated by being so experienced. Yeah, I think part of it too, like like when I say like can't be separated, I, I think it, it's that, like even what you're mentioning, even when talking about it, we have to reference the hype around it. You know what I mean? Like it's like there's games I'll talk about today where I don't have to talk about the fucking hype. No one's talking about this shit. You know what I mean? Whereas Undertale, it's like no matter what, you're kind of backed into this slight corner of knowing that this is a lot of people's just like favorite, right? And like it's been, mm. and now I think about that for Omori actually, which is the game of the month right now where I think something kind of similar is happening with that game, where even I was like, I really want to play this game. And I didn't even know why. I just I kept hearing people talk about it all the time. And then I try it and I'm like, oh, okay. It's fine, I guess. <laughs> You're like, Well, more is interesting because it's considered in relation to Undertale. Yes, which Undertale, I think, is considered in relation to Earthbound, right? Like, I feel like these games are in like a conversation with each other. Um, mm. So I don't know, it, you know, 
this is just getting like a little meta contextual with it all. But I just think this is one of those games that like kind of has to be that way, right? Um, but yeah, Omori is another one. Yeah, it's it's in that conversation with Undertale at this point. Um, and then you think of Everhood, like so many games now too. Oh, I think this course, is part of the yeah. issue. There's so many games that are so inspired by Undertale at this point, um, which some of them don't even realize they're like inspired by the older game. You know, like it's just like big feedback loop. <laughs> and the, the upshot of all this is there's a whole world of video essays that I can now experience hey! that, until I played Undertale a bit of what you did. There's one in particular about like, from the title, at least, I think it was about RPGs as someone who's not played an RPG mm. and the whole, oh, yeah. like, how Undertale is so referential that, or at least this is the impression I get having not watched the video, the idea is that Undertale is referential enough that you can't get it without having played some other, almost like you say, in conversation with with yeah. um, with other genre games. Um, so that yeah. would be interesting. I, it's That's not that I wouldn't recommend it. I actually, I actually think the combat is really clever. I think it scratched to a certain extent um, that Shin Megami Tensei sort of demon conversation mm. itch in some of the non-violent options. Um, a personal favorite was the two dog guards, <laughs> yeah. um, their fight. That was a lot of fun. And, and there are a lot of fun moments. I just think the, the overall game's a bit drab. It, it, there's only so much you can do. And I think they, I say they, the, the developer, um, has done a lot to eke a little bit of extra life out of that format. I think he's still very much limited by that format and the game is limited by that format, which is a little bit of a shame. Um, it's short. It's on Vita. I, I wouldn't not recommend it. I think maybe just temper your expectations a little bit. Yeah. Um, also, I, I gather now that pacifist is the way you're supposed to play it first, or at least that's a recommended way to do so. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, and so this is what's interesting. I think it is not the way people would play it first. It's not how I played it first. No, I, I, played I, got, the game. I got a neutral first way through. And, yeah. and that's only because I I knew... I, I think that's probably how you would fall, first of all, because you'd probably muck about with both mechanics. I don't know why it's recommended just because I've not played the other two. See, I feel like... I, I Okay, what I think might be what people are saying is that it's recommended if you're just going to play it once to the pacifist run. Um, but I, I don't think, cause when I played it, that I don't think was the intention. The expectation was you would play it and you would attack the enemies and maybe you'd spare some because you're like, they're cute and you'd like play with that sort of thing. And that's certainly what happened with me. I didn't even know that you could spare the first boss fight. So I actually spared most, but I just, I just fucking sliced Toriel down, you know? <laughs> cause like, cause you know, I didn't know I could do that. Um, again, cause it's in that meta textual thing. I was just playing it as games were meant to be played. Right. Um, mm. so again, that's something that, cause I, 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 I think that knowing you can play a pacifist run is actually a huge spoiler on the game. Um, but unfortunately, it's yes, but it's unavoidable play. because, because exactly. there is definitely that bit towards the end. And I think if you're this far, we've already kind of spoiled it where it's like, oh, um, LV is not level. Like that's your level of violence and XP is execution points rather than experience, <laughs> which is really clever but not that surprising when you know the different modes of play that are available to you. Exactly. And I think that probably comes back into then what you're saying about you could not play it without that context. Again, like if you miss the moment, you miss the moment. You know, maybe those people who are teenagers and play that when it's new and that's like a, a pivotal moment in their development and their life and their experience of media to have that flip, almost like a fight club type moment sort of thing. Yeah. God, I'm aging myself a little bit there, I think. Anyway, um, <laughs> good game, 
not an incredible game. <laughs> um, you probably don't need me to tell you that. Have you got anything you want to add, pal? I feel like me and Alex have gone at that. After I was like, have you played it? And you're like, no, I've watched it. And you're like, cool, let's go for five minutes. Have you got anything I, you want to add in? Nothing else to add besides like... Cool, moving up now. When, when, the, <laughs> when the game came out, I, I was... I don't remember how old I was, but I was like my late teens, so... Yeah. Um, I wasn't like fully back to gaming yet, so I did try the game out. No, I wasn't my... I was at uni already, was it? I don't... I, whatever, not Seven relevant. Yeah. Seven years ago, yeah, I was still like, I was at uni then. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, is that I was like so bad at dodging and I didn't have a controller <laughs> at the time, so I was uh, using the keyboard. And after like, probably like a difficult boss fight and I was like, okay, fuck it. I actually did make it like a completely pacifist um, until... I don't remember where I was, <laughs> where in the game I was, but I was like, fuck it, I'm not going to do this, I'm going to watch a playthrough, and uh, that's how I ended up experiencing the game. That's fair. Which... That's one thing I do want to say, actually, is the game is embarrassingly easy, or at least I found it to be embarrassingly easy. <laughs> I didn't really have any problems with anything of the anything. <laughs> I probably favor played um, now that... Well, I played games that actually require me to, uh, to to dodge stuff, especially. I mm-hmm. I will probably have better time with it, but at the time I was like very new to to anything action related, so it was like, no, yep, fuck it, not dealing with this right now. I still have it on my Steam library. I'm pretty sure I do too. Yeah, I think it's. I think I played it on Steam actually on a shit laptop way back in 2015. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could play that game on a toaster. I'm sure it's not in any way demanding. No, it's on everything. Um, nice. Do you want to jump in, Alex? Because you've got like three or four completions to go through. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll considering I've been the one that's had no obligations the past two weeks, you have. <laughs> absolutely trumped me for completions but well, i've just been i've been chilling i've been like these days i set my schedule at home so it's pretty great honestly when i work from home man i get yeah. so much fucking work done and then i get to play games <laughs> it's great <laughs> i'm loving it uh so i beat age of empires 4 i mean i don't know how you classify beating i i decided this was my full <laughs> i haven't beaten it beat one of the full one of the campaigns and then i i got french mastery so there's like mastery for each of the uh the civs um and what I'm gotta, hearing is I beat it because I said so. Because I said so. Well, I did. You know, I could go back and beat some of the other more of the campaigns as well. Um I probably will at some point. Uh I put like 30 something hours into it, so I'm like, I beat it. <laughs> uh it's great. We're but still once need I need that one on one. Yeah, oh god, I'll lose. I guarantee you I'm gonna lose. Especially <laughs> now that you're doing the silver freaking ranking and shit. It's no there's no way. There was a period of time, maybe like a week ago or so, when I had just gotten the mastery that I think I could have came close maybe with you, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure you'll steamroll me now. <laughs> we could still do it, but I'll get steamrolled. <laughs> um because yeah, it's so it's interesting though. Like I find with this, it is sort of sport-like in a way where I got to a point where like I knew my build order, I had my hotkeys, I like I had like my my APMs were going up, which like actions per minute were going up. I was like doing really great. And then it is so exhausting. It is so 
fucking exhausting. And I I, I mean, mm. like, not like in a bad way, just like actually tiring. <laughs> like my brain after a session, I was like, fucking shit, I gotta step back for a second. I'm like tired from just like constantly trying to process what's going on in the game. And I figure for real pros, it just becomes muscle memory. But I like, you know, I always had a respect for RTS players, but like, man, after trying to do it a bit, my respect on like, you know, it's one thing in like a turn-based RPG, you can think and strategize, right? And like, that's like the, the slow thinking, you know, you're like, okay, what am I going to do? Even in like, you know, XCOM games and stuff like that, you, you get to take your time, right? You get to yeah. tactic it out. Yeah. And I, I love that. And in RTS, it's like, motherfucker, if you don't know what you got to do right now, it is game over. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you don't get to pause, motherfucker. You're just like, go, go, go. And fuck, that is intense. Like that quick thinking. And I realized like the way that people lose is just, you just make a mistake. And that one mistake screws you. And it it's actually, it's fine. Like that system is okay because matches are so short. Um, and I, I think one thing that I'm kind of proud of is that now I kind of know when to surrender. Cause I'm like, I make a mistake and go, it's over. Like I remember when Paolo and I were playing against, like, we, we tried to do the hardest AI and screwed up. And I knew when I screwed up and I was like, Paolo, we got to, it's not happening. I'm like, yep. we're, we're not, not going to win here. Anymore. Yeah. Like they built a fucking town center, like right, like near ours. And I was like, it's over. It's all over. I can't win. <laughs> um, <laughs> And it's just like, like, but even before that, I knew when we were screwed. So it's like, anyway, it's really fun. I really, really recommend it. We'll talk about it more because Palos, this is pretty much all Palos been playing, but two new Sims got announced. So that's pretty, uh, pretty exciting. Yeah. And I was like, whoops. Yeah. So free update too, which is pretty exciting. I got to say that's, that is really cool because it won't divide the community, right? Like if it's free, well, everybody gets it. Um, mm, so yep. One of those benefits of being a Game Pass game as well, I suppose, because uh, it's free for everyone, not even just those on Game Pass. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, anyway, to continue my RTS stream. So once I was playing this, I was like, I want to play some goddamn RTSs now. Like, I'm like, I'm, I got that bug again. And I fondly remember playing uh, Battle for Middle Earth 1 and 2. So Lord of the Rings there. And I was like, you know what? I wonder what the communities are like for this. You can't buy it anywhere. It's unpurchasable because uh, EA lost the Lord of the Rings license a long time ago, right? Like they had licensed Lord of the Rings and then they lost it. So, um, or they just gave it, whatever, you know, you know how that goes. Licenses, they just... Classic, yeah. They traded it for Star Wars, I think. So they probably made the better deal. (laughs) I love Lord of the Rings, but Star Wars makes the money. (laughs) Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, and anyway, also kind of glad it's not in their hands anymore. But, um, (laughs) though they've been doing good things. Anyway, this is a tangent. It's, it's Embracer Group now, isn't it? Just to take a massive tangent. They yeah, it is. It, the rights. it is Embracer Group. And you know what? Probably going to be some good Lord of the Rings games coming down the pipeline in the next little while. There have been good ones anyway, like fucking, you know, Shadow of War and whatnot. Those were great games, though. I think those are kind of, they were great. And I'm like, you know, we're good. We don't need more of those, actually. Like, they're great. But the second one felt redundant. <laughs> Listen to the future. Let us know how well Alex's comments aged. And also, if you want to drop a like, better late than never. There's a good... I don't know. I, I have faith that they'll make some good Lord of the Rings games. <laughs> um, listen, any Lord anyway. of the Rings games has to be better than none at this point. Um, as long as it's not all just mobile games, kill me. Uh, anyway, so Battle for Earth 2. Awesome game. Uh, RTS, but it's a kind of more... Um, actually, Rise of Nations a little bit. like, And it's, it's kind of those squad-based ones where it's like you're not creating individual units you're creating battalions of units 
Um, and so to download it, there's actually this awesome like 40 minute tutorial on how to properly download Battle from Middle Earth 2 and its expansion, Rise of the Witch King. And I have to say, like, I'm pretty good at this point at like, you know, modding, setting things up, like doing all that kind of thing. Like probably didn't need that full tutorial, but this one I can confidently say if you have like even like basically no experience, you'll be able to set it up and get it running pretty easily. It's very well done. And um, also, there's an incredible HD mod for uh, Battle for Middle-Earth 2 that straight up, like, I was playing the game, and I was like, this looks really amazing. Like, you, if you told me this was a game from even just, like, maybe even from, like, 2015 or something, I would have bought it. You know what I mean? Like, it, like it's like not the most beautiful thing in the world, but you're like, this looks really good. Looks like just last gen. But then you're like, oh, no, no, that's a game from 2006. And it's like, fuck, <laughs> it's so good. Widescreen support. Um, they completely redid the models and everything. It's just gorgeous. And um, Rise of the Witch King, the expansion, there's also this mod called Age of the Ring, um, which is still being worked on. And uh, it is basically, they these modders have made the full Lord of the Rings as a campaign. They finished Fellowship of the Ring and the Two Towers. They're working on Return of the King right now. But it's like a really, really good uh, campaign where you play through all the events of those, like of those books and movies, basically, um, which is amazing. So that's just, a, it's a whole new game that you can play. And they added new factions and stuff too within it. It's the community for these games is amazing. And there's also like this Battle for Middle-Earth Reforged that's happening right now, which is someone, like this team is completely remaking um, Battle for Middle-Earth and Unreal Engine. Um, it's disgustingly beautiful. It looks like a AAA game. <laughs> Will it ever be finished? Uh, who knows? You know, with these fan-made things, you never know. Um, they've been working on it for like four years. Wouldn't be surprised if it takes another four. I think they've got like two factions done or something like that. Like It's going to take a long time. But uh, it looks really cool. So check that out. Anyway, played through the campaign, the good campaign in this one. Uh, this one is kind of interesting. The campaigns are pretty short, actually. There's a good and bad campaign. And they follow like the war in the north idea. So like the first one, you're playing kind of through the, like very loosely through the events of Lord of the Rings. Um, and then this one, it's like, what was happening in the north? Which is kind of a neat idea. Um, the campaign missions are quite fun, I found. I, I enjoyed them quite a bit. Um... And yeah, not a lot to say. I, this is a childhood game of mine. Like, I just, I really like it. And it looks really good now. And so I recommend people play it because it's really fun. <laughs> Especially if you like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and even if you don't like Lord of the Rings, it's a really good RTS. Um, all right, yeah, that's it. I don't know, there's two. Did I, have either of you played these games? No. Nope. I haven't even, this, I'm, some people are going to cry listening to this. I haven't even watched the Lord of the Rings films. I've not even read. I've read The Hobbit. I haven't read The Lord of the Rings. No! I, <laughs> I haven't watched all no, of them. You know what? Either. You know what? Look, that's a good thing. That just means that you can watch them. So you you have a beautiful experience awaiting you when you're ready. <laughs> when I when I have like an entire day just to sit down and watch the extended editions. They're so worth it, dude. Oh, also though, okay, if you want to have really a lot of fun. The Fellowship of the Ring High is one of the funniest experiences in the world because there are some really, really incredible moments in those movies that are so fucking funny. Like, my partner and I did this once where there's, like, one of our first ones getting high and we just put on Lord of the Rings and we're laughing so hard because there are some cuts in it that are really incredible. 
people who've watched it will know the scene with Arwen and then Frodo wakes up in Rivendell. Comedy gold. <laughs> Comedy gold. Okay. You two just need to watch and you'll see what I mean. Um, anyway. Oh, I'm so sad. You guys should watch it. It's so good. I was obsessed with Lord of the Rings when I was a kid, man. Holy shit. I had the tabletop like figures and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. like the like the Warhammer Lord of the Rings shit. Played that all the time. That was my early internet ages, actually. I was on like the Lord of the Rings fucking miniature, you know, wargaming forums. That was what I would do back in the day. Um, I was like a child on there too. So fucking annoying too. I'm sure all these adults are just like, oh, this fucking kid. But they don't even know I'm a kid, right? But I'm sure they figured it out. Um, anyway, God, God bless adults who, you know. <laughs> Forum adults, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, just like, yeah. bless their souls. They were, they were quite kind to me. <laughs> Um, anyway, I also played um, Shadowrun Returns. I've been getting so many bundles. It's it's bad. I got a problem, guys. I'm on PC now, and I ha- I don't own a lot of the PC games. And Fanatical, man, they're getting to me. <laughs> I hate to tell you, Shadowrun's been given away like all of the times. Oh, I know. Like, the but I've never given had away on Epic. Touche. Yeah, you've been missing out, man. You have like. But I got it for so cheap. I didn't even care. <laughs> Yeah, because it was in a bundle. So I was like, whatever, man. Like it was like, I kind of wanted some of the other stuff in the bundle. And that was, it was the trilogy was in there. And I was like, well, shit, all right, let's do it. I think I own this game in other ways too. I'm pretty sure I can play it other way, but I wanted to play it on PC because this is like meant for PC, you know? Um, uh, And so now I feel like I've had a, a nice easing into the CRPG world a little bit. And I loved this game. This game is dope. Now I've heard that this one is not like the best of them because it was kind of them just trying it out again for the first time, right? Like it's like it was a Kickstarter, and they, to their credit, had like a very limited scope for what they wanted to do. They were like, "We want, yeah. we want to actually complete it and complete what we say we're going to do." And they did, and it reviewed really, really well. And then they did um, Dragonfall. Oh, what were they called? Dragonfall, Dragonfall and then, then Hong, Hong Kong. Kong. Yeah, which Dragonfall apparently is the best of them. And Dragonfall, you can actually play Dragonfall in Shadowrun Returns um, because it was made technically as an expansion, but then they've created their own like director's cut version, which has a ton of UI improvements. So that's how I'm going to play Dragonfall. Yeah. But it can be confusing. So when I booted up Shadowrun, it was like Shadowrun Dragonfall, which was first on the list. And then it mentioned this other one, like Dead Man's Switch. And I was like, uh, uh, Dead Man Switch? <laughs> I'm glad that was the right one. So I just clicked on I was like, oh, phew, okay. Um, but I really like this. I actually appreciate So, Rick, this to me reminds me actually of um, Cosmic Star Heroin, where it's a really focused, like, eight or so hour, maybe, actually, I might only played seven to eight hours or so story that has this really... It's high up on my list. Yeah, yeah, I really loved it. I was like, this is awesome. It's like, no fucking fluff, man. I was just like, it's the, it is the story, the game, that is it and oh, combat, yeah. exactly combat is not that challenging i would well it's not challenging at all i'd say um particularly if you have any tactics experience um which is fine though like i thought to me this actually felt like a game where it's like this is a really nice entry into this world into mm. the lore of this world and into this type of game um and so i i had a blast it's it starts off with a bang too like it gives you such good inciting incident your buddy's dead. He's left a dead man's switch. He wants you to find his killer. That's it. That's how you start. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like, that's a great kickoff. I, I want to find out who killed this man. And it just leads to the story um, that unravels and like goes to some kind of wacky places. One critique I will give, um, that the, the tail end, uh, some of the combat scenarios start to get a little tedious because 
you end up in these extended combat areas. So like basically it's, you know, it's a CRPG. So you're, you're clicking to move. Right. Um, but then when you get to combat, it becomes tactical. Right. So you, you know, you can move your units a certain distance. Um, problem is, is that in the later game, you end up in some pretty big areas where you'll defeat some enemies, but it still considers you to be in combat. So then you kind of uh-huh. have to like, you know, individually move your units across until they get to the other area. And it just, it felt to me a little bit like, eh, this could have been better if you just let us drop out of combat and just run over there and then start combat again. But it's a minor gripe. Um, so anyway, Shadowrun Returns, I highly recommend it. Quick, short game. I'm looking forward to playing Dragonfall. I'm definitely going to play through all of them, but I'm going to give myself time in between them because I don't want to, you know, get a little burnt on them. Um, mm. But yeah, good times. Uh, and then the last one I played was very random, but I wanted to play an FPS on my computer again because <laughs> I was like, I love this. P- <laughs> Fucking hell, though. I've ruined FPSs for myself now. I don't know if I can go back to console FPSs because, like, shit, man. Analog controls. Is, yeah, it's tricky. Yeah, but the problem yeah. too is that there's some FPSs that I know are gonna look so pretty on my TV, and I want to play it with the big TV. But I'm like, that's where you go and buy yourself a Steam Link for cheap off of eBay. Yeah, Steam Link. Yeah, there mm-hmm. you go. Well, maybe. Yeah, that's a good idea actually. And then bring um, your keyboard across and do the shrimp as we were discussing a few. The shrimp. Ago. Yeah. <laughs> but I also just don't really want to like. Anyway, it's a whole thing. This is first. This is such fucking first world problems. It's like, should I play my you know game on my nice Xbox Series X with my 4K TV, yeah. or should I play it on my nice gaming PC? Like, fuck off, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You might say that I couldn't possibly comment. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I couldn't possibly comment. Uh, I'm just like, yeah, fuck. This is not a problem. But anyway, um, fun game. You can you can feel that it's a bit of a budgety-ish or, um, game that was clearly released like 10 years ago. But the update, like the, the visual upgrade in the remastered edition is very beautiful. I have to say it looked gorgeous. Um, AI is really fucking stupid. I mean, it's a game about snipers. And like the AI will just be like, well, what do you do when there's a sniper? You run at the sniper, of course. <laughs> like, like, for the love of God. No, I'm a sniper, guys. Like, why are you running into the open? Like, hunker down. But then I also recognize that if they hunker down, this game would suck. So, you know, it's kind of like... And I think they've improved a lot. Like, from what I understand, this game kind of skyrocketed Sniper Elite as, like, like a whole next level thing. Because I don't hear anyone talk about the first one. I don't think the first one is memorable whatsoever. Um, but... I enjoyed it. I definitely had, like, there are some, there was a moment, all right, where I had gone through, the checkpointing's not great in this. So I had gone through, I had wiped out all these enemies, really stealthily too, might I add. Like, I had actually gotten good. This was like the last mission. And they tell me to go to these sandbags. So I go there. And all these enemies have clumped up. And I'm like, fucking grenade time. I hardly ever use grenades. This is perfect. So I take the grenade out. I aim. The the reticle shows that it's going towards them. So I press the button. Press again. And, you know, let go to to let him throw it. He drops the grenade in my fucking sandbox. And it blows me up right away. Because I couldn't get off of it. I had pressed Q to get off. And then it resets me to the beginning of that whole fucking area. And I was like... 
are you? And then I just went, fuck this shit. I just walked in and went, pop, 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 pop. Just like popping all of that. I was like, I don't give a shit about stealth. I'm just going to kill everyone. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. So yeah, there's some shit like that, which is like really annoying. And like the cover system doesn't really work. You can tell it's of a like time where like we're still sort of figuring out cover. Because the problem with the cover here is that like to pop out, you it either has to be cover where you can pop over the top or pop to the side. But the problem is that sometimes it seems very random where you can pop out. Like I'll move to the side of something and I think I'm on the end of it. And I'm like, okay, well, can I pop out to shoot? It's like, nah, bro, that's not the end of it. And you're like, okay, but there's physically nowhere else I can move. So why can't I pop out and shoot? And it's like, you just suck, bro. <laughs> like, ah, damn this game. So, a little bit of that. Um, I am glad I played this one though. It's short. I, I beat it in like seven and a half, eight hours, something like that. Um, short, quick, fun. Enemies, superhuman ability to detect you though, I have to say. <laughs> like I would have moments where I'm like, how do you know I was there? And like, I hadn't done anything. There is cool stuff where it gives you a sound indicator. So my favorite levels are the levels where there's shelling going on. So there'll be an explosion. And if you shoot in the explosion, people around won't hear it. So that's pretty cool, like coming through and just picking people one by one without them knowing. There's also hilarious shit. You could blow the gas tanks of tanks. So there's like a red valve, which I've also like, in what world did the Nazis decide, hey, when we build our tanks, why don't we put a red valve on the explodable part? <laughs> which also, you can't blow up a tank by shooting it anyway. That's just not how combustion works. But... I, I mean, I guess you could blow up gas if you held a gun next to it, shot, and like a spark ignited it, maybe. But you're dying too, so other than that, just doesn't work. But it's a video game, man. Don't ask too many questions. Um, so it's fun. I do want to play Sniper Elite Five is on Game Pass, and I hear that co-op in those games is really fun. So I do want to do a co-op run of that at some point. So if anyone wants to play, let me know. Hit him. Yeah, hit him, you know, folks. Uh, but it is like a 90 gig install. I saw that and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I know, right? I was and like, yeah. That's happening. That is absolutely It's like, I got to delete some games first. <laughs> I need uh, to find space for Agent Empires before anything else. Got that. I know, right? Uh, anyway, I have V2 and 4 owned, and then I'll, I'm going to try 5 at some point. So anyway, sorry, everyone. That was my fucking vlog through what I've been playing. Paolo, why don't you tell me about the game that you retired? And before you do, Paolo, shout out to your cat who spent the past 15 minutes licking herself clean. <laughs> it's been very, very distracting. I've got to, I've just got oh, to get wow, out of Wow, that chair. fluff ball looks like a stuffed toy. I genuinely did yeah. not notice until you said <laughs> yeah. that, Rick. <laughs> she bends right in until she starts like bobbing her head to like get different parts clean. And it's, is... it's been a whole thing. I, it's been a roller coaster for me and I just had to share it. Oh, yeah, run. yeah. <laughs> you didn't see her when she was like all over my desk and i was trying to get like the microphone out of her reach and yep. trying Beautiful. to get her not to break stuff half and it was like yeah yeah, me like yeah half of the fun has just been watching your cat's adventures yeah. oh, I, I think it's a crime shame that our audience doesn't get to experience that outside of me just saying oh yeah cat's been cleaning itself on camera they, 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 this is the peak audio-only <laughs> podcast content. Uh, yeah. it, it, it's a mystery why we're not more popular. Speaking of... Speaking of, Mist. 
Well, I ended up retiring this because I really wanted to try it because it was going out of uh, Game Pass mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the month. Oh, so this is the new Mist. And the new Mist. And I don't know, there's something about it that it's just like more sandboxy than the usual point and click or like escape room games that I'm used to. So it really didn't click with me, no pun intended. And that's, I ended up playing like 20 minutes of it. It was like, oh, I solve a puzzle, I think. And then it was like, yeah, not really for me, bye. Yeah, to be fair, this one because, was built for VR. So I think that's part of why it's so sandboxy. I think it goes beyond even that. This is what I'm going to be playing, hopefully, to talk about next time we record. Because um, I know it's going off. Um, I played one of the ports of the original. This was originally a slideshow game, in essence. So, yes, you're exploring this big world, but every time you took a step forward, similar to VR, when you've got, like, um, node movement, yeah, mm -hmm. you would move to very predefined locations and you'd have predefined windows into the world. What's going to be interesting for me, having played it that way, is how those puzzles are then translated when you've got free 360 movement and how those things are signposted. Um I know you sung the, the praises of this game when you played Alex. So it's yeah, I it's didn't have any problems. That you had an excellent time. Paula noped out within like 25, 30 minutes. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see where I fall on this. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I don't know why. Um, Usually I have problems with these types of games, but I didn't. Anyway, what else did you say, Paula? Yeah. <laughs> um, nothing really else to say. It it's still like a shame that I really, I really didn't like it. Mainly because it looks like so... The the game is really well done. Like, it looks so beautiful. It looks polished. So I guess, like, for people that don't mind that sandbox feeling on their escape room slash puzzle games slash point-and-click games, this might be a good experience. But for me, it is a no-go. Mm. So, yeah. Alex, what have you retired there? Uh, I finally put Final Fantasy IV to the grave. I've been wishfully keeping this on my playing tab for months. I have the strategy guide in my Game Boy Advance sitting on like my coffee table out here, and I'm just like, I'll play you. I promise. And it looks at me just like, you're a liar. <laughs> so I'm like, no! <laughs> um, it's just, Final Fantasy IV is pretty straightforward jrpg like you can't even choose your party right like it just it, it slots the party in for you it's kind of like a by the numbers sort of thing there's not a lot yeah. to it you know it's great it's but there's on the grindy side as well yeah yeah a bit um which can be good for watching things but i just i've given up it's not happening maybe one day that that this is the kind of retirement it's that oh, one wow. where you're like maybe someday <laughs> i have the strategy guide it was really fun playing with the strategy guide it's still and the game is just weeping because it knows that it's just sweet enough things that you're putting out into the world. Exactly. It's yeah. like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Glass Masquerade, I retired because it's a fucking jigsaw puzzle game. I'm not going to actually finish it. I just want to play jigsaw puzzles for a bit. You know? <laughs> this weekend, we don't finish puzzle games. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got my fill. I did what I wanted. I'm done. <laughs> um, anyway, that's that's it for those, for my retirements. Not, not a lot going on there. Um, shall we move on to what we've been playing? One of you can take it away. Go on, I'll jump in, because you both had the Monopoly on the retirements. Um, <laughs> Quite the Monopoly. <laughs> I, I've had a bit of an interesting play. So I, I've been away 
since we recorded last, basically. Um, I got I got back to the UK today at the time of recording. Um, so Days Gone and Remnant from the Ashes are both still being played. Literally haven't been able to touch them in the time that um, that's elapsed since. Um, I played some more Live Alive, but I'm going to save that to the end, actually, because that's probably a nice segue in. Uh, with you, Alex. Um, and I played some more of Where Shadows Slumber on my phone. It's still really cool. I don't know necessarily that there's enough to to hold the concept out for the entire game. I do like how much of a story focus there is. Um, and I think they do that very masterfully. I think it's easy to get the story component wrong with a mobile-only game, um, particularly just because you don't know how people are going to be experiencing that game, whether there's going to be volume on or off, um, what they're going to be doing at the same time. I think the game's structure... And the way it approaches the blend between story and puzzle is really, really smart. Um, I started a load of new games, some of which I'm not going to be returning to for a while, but some of which I'm probably going to carry on. Um, Gunstar Superheroes is the first of those on the Game Boy Advance. It's great. I love it. I really, really like it. Um, I'm not necessarily sure yet whether or not it matches up to the original, particularly the, the M2 port of that for 3DS. Fucking phenomenal. Excellent excellent port job um but this game is great uh plays great on a gba runs super smooth um that core gameplay loop and that combat is still so much fun and there's so many little moves tied into like different um button inputs similar to what i suppose we were talking about with alien versus predator um you have the basic move shoot jump but then you have like slides and back steps and kicks and um like clambers and so many different moves available to you if you're willing to experiment and try different things um yeah i like it I, the, the one thing that i don't like is they've carried over this weird like mode 7s um chick capturing mini game a bit similar to like the sonic 3 chaos emerald stages is it sonic 3 you know the ones where it's like a, a flat 2d plane and it all rotates and you've got yeah. it, it's similar to that kind of thing fucking sucks um but the for the most part the game's great i like it a lot um we dug out um me and my girlfriend our copies of animal crossing wild world for the nintendo ds that was fun except my town was full of weeds and i spent literally an hour just combing the island and pressing b to pull weeds out uh yeah and then i had a load of fossils in my inventory and it turns out they were all ones i'd already donated to the museum so that was a bit fruitless as well um, but we played on a Saturday night. We got to go and see KK Slide. That was cool. Um, just nice to go back and revisit that moment in time gaming-wise. Um, that was a fun little thing to do. Um, I started two new games on Switch, uh, first of which is the newly released Curse to Golf. Nice. Which, for anyone who's missed the marketing material around that, um, is a golfing roguelike. So the, the concept is you're a golfer who is struck by lightning right before they're about to shoot the winning shot on the 18th hole of their equivalent of like the PGA Tour Cup or whatever it is. Um, and you are banished to the underworld where uh, you must complete 18 holes of golf um, at or below par in order to win your freedom. Um, if you use up all your shots, you have to start all the way from the beginning. And there's like a card system with some extra moves and you can hit trophies as you traverse these like golf course map things to earn extra shots mechanically it's pretty by the numbers but the whole setup is really really strong the music the few tracks i've heard so far 
fucking phenomenal. Um, it, it's a really interesting setup, and on paper, it sounds so dumb. But in execution, early impressions are it really, really sticks the landing. Um, I like what I've seen so far. I will definitely be dipping more and more into this. Um, the other new game I started, um, it's new to me, it's not new, new. Uh, it's Serial Cleaner for Switch. Love the aesthetic of this. Love the, the sort of um, block color 70s sort of um, buddy cop TV show aesthetic. Not the biggest stealth fan, but I like the way that it's implemented here. Uh, I'm only a few levels deep, so it could get really shit. It could get even better. I don't know. But again, initial impressions, pretty positive. Um, let's talk about Live Alive or Live Alive, rather, Alex. Um, <laughs> yeah. I I just started the Japan segment, which I'm imagining you've probably finished by now. Um, no, I bounced yeah, out. The stealth's <laughs> pretty wonky. Um, I, so I've, I've played the China segment, completed that. I thought that was really, really strong. Uh, I played the prehistory segment. Thought that was slightly less strong, but still really, really cool. Yeah. Um, I've clocked about five hours between the two of those, and I've just started um, the Edo Japan thing. Story-wise, really clever setup. Mm. I can't be asked with self, but like the the whole conceit of this game is they're testing the boundaries of what that kind of RPG format can do. I think from that perspective, it's really, really cool. Uh, I'm such a big fan of the HD 2D touch-up they've done for this game. Um, massive fan of what they've done audio-visually in general. And I think that the quality of the original game, of the of the scenarios I've played so far, really, really shines through. Um, so you bounce... Does that mean you finished the Japan segment? Or you no, like, I bounced out of it. I was up. like, I'm not going to do that chapter for a while. I think I'm going to go back Just, and restart yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, I bounced out and I started the China one, and I like the China one quite a bit so far. So... <laughs> Because um, I've beaten the Wild West prehistory, um, modern, and now I'm jumping into this one, the the, oh, okay. the China one. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah. I thought prehistory. I agree with you. It's it's fine. Um, like it's it's. I think it's fun and interesting. Um, it's not like the highlight. The Wild West one has been the best one by far so far. Um, but yeah, it's just yeah. Let me put it this way. This game, I think, is going to take me a long time to finish because I find myself very slowly coming back to it. But it's one of those games that I'm very happy I bought um, Mm. at full price because I just kind of want more games like this. So I'm like, I will buy this full price. Thank you. And I'm like, just keep doing this. All right. Like, I don't give a fuck if I don't fully finish it for a while. Just keep doing this. (laughs) Full price was still budget. Like it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. 35 pounds in the UK. So your regional equivalent, what, maybe 50 cash? Yeah, it was something Maybe. like that. It was it was a lot cheaper than a full priced game usually. Um, plus, I got the physical of it, which was nice. So I was like, I would like yes, to play. off full price, quote unquote, for like for for like a a premium title that a Squeenix would normally release. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm I'm liking the game quite a bit. Like, I think it's something that I would love to see more of this kind of style, and even just bringing back older games that because again, something that I think I do love about it is that they've clearly redone so much of it to the point mm. where I just kind of feel like, um, I don't know. What am I trying to say? I feel Are like the, the re-release. Almost? Yeah. They've, they earned re-releasing this. And then also it's going to, you know, revitalize some young people who would have never played these games like myself, frankly, not young really, but uh, didn't get to play this game at the time. And I can imagine people even younger than me, right? Like, or even just like actual kids around this point who, well, 
kids probably aren't playing this game, but teens <laughs> um, can at least get an experience of this because I understand, like, you know, I have a passion and you have a passion. And I think, Paolo, you have a passion. And most of the listeners here have a passion for older games. And for most of us, we can play a SNES game and have a great time for the most part. Some of them, no, is as good. But I'm not going to lie. A lot of them are harder to get into now, especially if you don't have like a real strong appreciation for older design, right? Um, mm. And so to bring a game like this into the into the present, updated a little bit, obviously there's some things that still might feel a little dated, but hey, at least visually and control-wise, it feels excellent. Um, mm. So that to me, it's just, it feels really valuable, you know? Um, Shouldn't be overlooked localized this time as well. The original yes. release came out side of japan so you know beyond the age thing the fact that you're an english speaker this is your first opportunity to play this game yeah technically and it's a first history <laughs> we've in previous weeks in terms of uh the way that design has informed subsequent games in various different ways the amount of um people who've cited as an influence obviously uh, the director went on to be involved in chrono trigger among others mm-hmm. so it, it's a piece of like pop gaming history almost yeah. So there's that element to it too. Great game. Mm, yeah, I um, agree. Yeah, definitely so far. Anyway, it's, tell us about the rest of the games you're playing currently, Alex. Yeah, not a whole lot to add here. Uh, I did play more of Prosecutor's Path. Uh, it's great. Please. I didn't play a lot more. Where are you? But I played more. I'm still in the second case. <laughs> oh my God. But I'm almost at the end of the second case. I'll, I This is my Witcher. I'm going to beat this by the end of the year, but it's going to take... <laughs> it's oh, gonna yeah. take some time <laughs> the year uh, 2024 yeah right yeah yeah the end of 2024 you know what it is i think when i have like a commute again i'll probably end up playing mm-hmm. more of this game i had a lot of switch in like 3ds games when i had a commute you know um because i take the bus and i just play games all the time but i find mm-hmm. my switch you know handheld for me i don't play a, like i don't play a lot of handheld at home unless it's a game that I can like watch TV while playing, you know what I'm saying? Cause something feels weird about sitting down and playing a handheld game just on its own. I don't know why, but it just, it feels wrong. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's What's wrong with you. <laughs> well, I, but like, I got respect like, the game. No, when I was a kid, it made sense. Cause my parents and like, you know, brothers would be using TVs and shit, but I'm an adult. It's my TV now, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> just like, that Fair sounds enough. like a you problem. Uh, you probably, yeah, I know, right? I don't live with anybody except my fiance and my dog. Um, although I will admit, actually, I do sometimes play a lot of handheld <laughs> games at home because my dog will bother the fuck out of me if I'm sitting on the couch. <laughs> I talk to be like, no, 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 motherfucker. You're relaxing, which means you have time to play. And she's not wrong, but it's annoying. <laughs> but if I sit at like a desk and play a handheld game, my dog's like, oh, he's working. I shouldn't bother. <laughs> it's weird. She genuinely won't bother me when I'm at my computer most of the time, unless it's like a designated playtime. This dog is hilarious. She's like sleeping right now. Um, fluff. Um, anyway, good game. I also am playing Pixel Lines DX. That's remember I was playing Pixel Colors last time. This is another in that series, but this is one of those line games. So like that threaded game I talked about. Um, this is a similar thing. Uh, this one is mucho good. And the actual like um, drawings that you're creating are very cool and very well done. So compared to the pixel colors where the drawings, you're like, sure, that's a piece of pizza. 
neon green but sure <laughs> like you know what i mean in this one it's like no 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 everything really looks like what it is and it's really neat because as you're building it especially when you do the larger ones like at one point i was making one and i was like oh fuck i know what this is cool and like it makes it like easier to go through <laughs> so i really recommend it this one's insane though so the pixel colors dx there's like a hundred puzzles i think yeah i think i think there's five chapters in a hundred but then he's got this fucking add-on which is just 500 extra puzzles which i was like hey, excuse me what um and i'm like i'm not playing that one holy shit i'll waste my entire life if i touch that one but it's just like bundled with it at this point now i mean you can buy them separate i think but uh i got them as like bundled for like two bucks two cad which means it's probably like less than a pound or something like that went on sale not to argue. yeah it was hard yeah. to argue and it's really fun it's a great thing while watching i've been like watching the harley quinn show and just doing that um it's a good show and the new game of thrones actually Fucking hell. It came back with a bang. It's good times these days. Wait, good TV going on. House, House like of Dragon. Thing. It's, listen, that first, you know what? Even if the series ends up being shit, that was one of the most impressive pilots I've ever seen. It set up so many characters in a world so fast and so efficiently that I was like, holy shit, I care about everyone all of a sudden. Wow, good work. Um, and has <laughs> one of the most horrifying scenes I've seen in a long time. A couple of them, actually. So it's Game of Thrones, all right. <laughs> Anyway, um, that tangent over. Let's talk about another horrifying game. Resident Evil 4 VR. Ah, it's horror. Uh, but this game, I don't know why I stopped playing this. It's so fucking good. It's so fucking good. Like, this is the definitive way to play Resident Evil 4. Like, hands down, absolutely the best way I've ever played this game. And I've played this game like four or five times now. And it feels new. And it's so scary. <laughs> like I and, and it's actually scary because I know what's coming up. So I'm like, oh fuck, it's that boss fight. But now he's gonna be like in my face. Fuck. <laughs> like having that feeling where it's like, oh Jesus Christ. Um and man, okay, what I think is so cool about this is that so in Resident Evil 4, right, there's a lot, we, we always kind of talk about like a lot of the horror and a lot of the terror of that game is the fact that it's the tank controls and like essentially you have to stop to shoot, right? So you're planted in place and you can't move. And that's scary because you're like, oh my God, they're coming at me. Okay, I got to back up. Da, da, da. Now, obviously in VR, that's not a thing, right? You have free movement and free fucking movement of your guns. I mean, I can be running and popping off the whole time. So... What they've done, though, is obviously they've tweaked the AI a little bit, I think. Um, the AI kind of comes at you a little more, and a little, but it doesn't, it doesn't seem all that different. But what's really awesome, um, and what really, I think, is actually the same thing as the having to stop, is the manual reloading. So sometimes manual reloading, you're like, what's the point of that? Well, in this game, you've never fumbled so much in your life when there's a motherfucking zombie like this coming right at you with this fucking mace and you're just like oh, god damn it god damn it where's my fucking clip oh <laughs> like, get it in and then you're just like shit okay grab the shotgun one thing that this does do that's good is that i think in resident evil 4 because isn't there no pause like when you bring up your briefcase the game still goes i think doesn't it i can't i can't remember i feel like it does that I resident evil. yeah i have to look it up i, I feel like it does that I, I can't remember i know most resident evils when you look in your briefcase it doesn't actually pause the game in this one it sure does and that's important because you you do need that a fair bit. Like with switching weapons and shit around. Like I was like, I need to pause for a second, pause. Um, 
And but anyway, it's I can play it for hours too. I don't find find no discomfort with this. Like it's maybe it's just my experience with it now, but really well done. And like I, you know, I play with a little mat under me, like a yoga mat, and, and barefoot so that I know where I am and so that I, I don't hit it anything. Um, but wirelessly, like there's no reason. You know what I think it is actually the reason why I don't think I feel sick while playing this is that. I've, I've often felt sick playing VR when I have to turn my body man, like uh, manually with a controller. When I have to do snap turning, I find it makes me feel sick because it's really weird, right? It's like, it's an odd way to do it. But in this one, I just actually turn around, right? Like the only thing I'm doing is pushing myself forward with, um, you know, the, uh, the control stick. But then my, like the right stick is just my actual fucking body. Um, and yo, that feels so cool. So cool. And I got to say, man, grabbing a giant rifle and like holding it up so that you can see the zoom shooting and then like pulling it down and like, you know, reload. It's it's fucking fun. <laughs> it's just really fun. And like even you both played Resident Evil 4, right? No. I, no? I, let me tell you. Let me tell you. So I started it. I'm <laughs> yeah. Couldn't get into it. Retired it. I have also previously played like a reasonable chunk of the ios port oh my god <laughs> i know right it, it, this episode is just the episode of like popular things that rick hasn't properly engaged okay, with you both have a wii right i do have uh, one yeah obviously i've yeah. never played a resident evil game in my play life play resident evil fucking four on the wii it's great because the pointer controls are awesome just play yeah, the goddamn this, game it's I so good one on the nintendo ds the deadly silence port of it Oh my god! All the weirdness. <laughs> play the good one, because I'd actually argue you should play Resident Evil Four before the remake comes out. You guys, these games are so good. Anyway, there's okay. There's a section in it where you're in a cabin, okay, with Luis, and the cabin is getting overrun by Ganados, like the the zombie esque characters, right? So you can push all of these. You have two floors. You can push all of these um fucking uh um bookshelves against the windows on the bottom floor and then you can go up to the top so they're kind of in now when you're playing resident evil 4 regularly the windows on the top floor are basically just for ladders coming in right like they'll put ladders up and they'll try to climb up and you can knock it down you can kind of look out the window but you can't really look out the window right the beautiful fucking thing in vr is that i got to go up there and i could literally go to the window pull off a grenade from my chest, unpin the grenade, lean out the window, and just drop grenades onto all the fucking zombies on the bottom, and it was the best fucking thing ever. I'm just like, poof, drop, poof, drop, dropping all these fucking grenades, going like, ah! Like, it just felt so good. Like, being able to actually move through it like that. But then it's also terrifying, because once they start coming up the stairs, you're just like, you're in that goddamn room with all these swarming zombies. And it was one of the most tense, my fucking heart rate went up. My little Fitbit was like, bro, you okay? <laughs> like, I'm like, you know, fucking like track my heart rate. Well, I thought it'd be fun. I was like, I'm going to track my heart rate during these. And like, I spiked in that one. Um, it is so tense and so much fun. Like, holy shit. I was just, man, if you have a Quest 2 and you have not played this game in VR, fucking buy this game right now. It is so, so, so good. And it's faster to play in VR, which I thought is, is kind of neat. I've been noticing my times are like an hour or two ahead of where I would usually be in the game because of the fact that you're able to move while shooting and stuff. And it just kind of eliminates some of the clunkier bits of Resident Evil 4. Um, and even when I looked on how long to beat, the times are almost four hours faster um, for RE4 than for uh, like 
in VR than for like on consoles, uh, which I think is kind of neat. So anyway, you two got, you got to play this, man. Oh God. I think you could do this too, because it's not first person. Um, it's, it's freaky for sure, but I don't think you would get, I don't think you'd feel, I don't think you'd get too much motion sickness or anything. Cause again, it's third person, which I think would help you a lot actually. And you stop to shoot. So it's not like, you know, running and gunning. You're like, actually have to stop, plant, shoot. Um, Thing is, I'm just not good with zombie games and horror games in general. Oh, I, yeah, I, like, God, I want to make you play this that... and record it. <laughs> the only, re- <laughs> the only reason that I experienced like Silent Hill the original is because my boyfriend was at the controller and I just, mm. I just solved the puzzles. Well, but, hey, but there's puzzles in this. Why don't you two play it together? October's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think so it really wants me to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want you both to play. Look, look, this is a classic of video gaming. Like honestly, there, you know me. I don't replay games. I've played this game. This is my fifth playthrough of this game. Oh, yeah. Holy. Yes, it's that fucking good. It is a really good game. <laughs> like honestly, um, I only replay Resident Evil games. Really, like I can't think of many other games I've replayed. But Resident Evil games are so good to replay, and they're so. Again, I am a sucker for horror, so you know it's kind of up my alley. But I look, I bought the fucking humble bundle of Resident Evil. I own all those games. I don't give a shit. I want all those games on PC as well. <laughs> I want them, and I want to throw all my money at Capcom and Resident Evil as much as I can. I'm just like, give me more Resident Evil. <laughs> That's all I can say. I think I'm more likely to play Resi Two Remake first. One because I've got it on Family Share and Steam. Uh, and two because it looks way prettier and three because i've already tried resi 4 once yeah. and it didn't it what i don't know if that was controller setup it wasn't working for me i would be inclined to probably wait until vr comes and then give it a go there hey, by which yeah. i mean when i get a vr headset which is it's not in my immediate plans but it's in my plans dude when you get oh yeah Oh. I was thinking of dropping a bullet and then Metal like, yeah, sick, let's bump the price up by 30%. Yeah, that was kind of stupid. Huh? It's like, okay, I'll wait for number three. Like, that's obviously yeah. coming. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. do that. When you get it, do that. That's, that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. I've been building up my Steam VR because I know that one day I'll upgrade my headset way in the future. But, man, that Quest 2 is good shit. It's good shit. Fuck Meta, but Quest 2 is great. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, Paola, why don't you tell us about... I see you added a game, but why don't you tell us about what you've been playing? Well, let me sing this. I want to make people... Well, before <laughs> I talk about Age of Empires 4, I'm going to like briefly mention a few of your fading memories that's still happening. I'm playing Nicholas Route. I've, I remember right? that it is a replay because of the sequel is coming soon. And mm, again, right. I forgot is, who was alive in which route. Is Pio Fiore the Mafia one? The, the mafia one, the Italian mafia one. The mafia nice. cafe. Point streak. <laughs> what you say? Oh, I just said the mafia cafe one, right? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I heard what you said. I missed what Paula said. Sorry. Oh, uh, you get points for that, Rick. I don't I, know. I what will the, take those points. Price I'll bank those points. Absolutely. Mm. So yeah, mm. um, nothing else to say about the game besides it's still as good as I remember, and uh, it's still a lot of, I want to say a lot of fun, but then remember the very gruesome parts, but still, it is a lot of fun to, to go through this game again. Uh, so now, 
to the one big game that I've been playing a lot of, that is Age of Empires 4. And oh my god, there has been an announcement about an update of a, for the game, which adds not one, but two new civilizations for free. If you have the game, you get this. Which is amazing, because we don't want the community to be divided like only a year after the game comes out. It has been a year! Almost, it hasn't even been a year since the game came out. It feels like forever for me. Mm. Anyways, before I jump into my adventures, I want to discuss a little bit about the two new civilizations, which, by the way, they are like very different between them. Mm. We have the Ottomans, which is a military um, uh, focused civilization, which, by the way, these fuckers have a special uh, building that it produces military units for free. It takes a lot more than the usual buildings from other civilizations, but they can just get units, military units for free. You just Shit. leave them generating them, and that's all. And For the listeners at home, that, that pause between a special unit and the description of the special unit that I can only describe a shudder went through Paola's face. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> oh, and I'm looking at the webpage right now, and they have, at the very least, three special units listed that are the Rake Bombard and Holy Crap, that is a huge siege unit. And it <laughs> does splash that. damage. <laughs> God damn. Match. I'm sorry. I said that's There's your episode title right there. That's a huge <laughs> Oh dear. Oh my god. You dirty dirty boy. <laughs> the worst thing is that I was trying like not to think about any the Iruendo because <laughs> I mean, because I was watching like a video by BCQ where he was like going through the units. And he said, the regular bomber, this is you. The great bomber, this is the guy she told you not, not to worry about. about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. That was good. Mm. Oh, yeah. uh, oh, my God. Well, of course, since uh, it probably costs a lot more gold and wood because stitch units, I think they cost resources. I think. Hopefully. Uh, so if you destroy one of those, it is a huge uh, economic loss for the Ottomans. You have the, I'm gonna butcher this, the meter. And it's a unique horseback war drummer unit that provides an hour buff for, uh, to units around it. You can choose attack speed, melee armor, or range armor. The, a unit can only have like one buff at, at a time, I think. But still... I fear for my life with this, and they have mm. the Sipahi, and there are like light rider horseman units. So I guess they replace the usual horseman for uh, the Ottomans. And I'm not gonna go into too much depth here because there's a lot of information in the webpage. I, Rick, you could probably put that link in the description. And while you're down there, please hit like and subscribe. <laughs> and hit I'm the if you're not careful. Mm. The Ottomans were pretty freaking 
I mean, just historically, were quite the goddamn empire. Um, so mm. fitting that they're terrifying in this yep. one. <laughs> yep. And the other civilization, civilization that we have is from... Mali. Yeah, is it the Mal- Malians? Malians. Yep. Uh, African civilization. West African. Yep. And... This one is very interesting because it's more economic focused, but also they have hidden run tactics. Well, the Ottomans want to build a huge army and just destroy you with it. The Malians will just do chip damage slowly but surely. They'll win the battle somehow. And they have uh, very interesting units here that are the Mustafari warrior. That is their, uh, well, their woman at arms, I guess. And they have less health and armor, but they do a lot more damage and have high speed, which is fitting for their hit and run uh, tactics. They have also the javelin drawer, which is an anti-range unit. Yeah, an anti anti crossbowman. No, it replaces a crossbowman. I'm sorry, but they do more damage to other archers, which. I wonder if it applies also to the um, horsefuck archers that the which civilization has it? Oh my god! Is that the Mongols? But hopefully it applies. Uh, is it the Mongols? The Mongols. I are think the it's Rus- the Mongols. I think it's the Mongols because I remember fighting against the horse, this fucking horseback archers. <laughs> yeah, they're they're kind of annoying, and I I. I wonder if these uh, javelin drawers would be a good counter for them. Finally, we have the Donzo. He's an anti-cavalry hunter warrior of the Malians. And they have a spear and shield, and they can use that spear as a javelin or just as a regular spear. And they have shields. And this one is going to be interesting. I don't know if they're like an extra unit they have or if it replaces something. It doesn't say in the homepage. Mm. And the other thing that I found very interesting is, first of all, they have open mine, the open pit mines. That is like the oval that the um, Mongolians have. That the Mongols have. And it, uh, if you put it like over a, a gold mine, it generates like... A gold per minute, pretty much, or gold per sec. And also, the other thing that is very interesting is they have cattle. They they have um, a building that generates cattle. So instead of um, hunting deer or like getting the usual sheep, they have cattle. And yeah, this. This is like a very like um, surface level look at these two civilizations, but they look very interesting. Oh, the other thing about the Malians is that I have their units have like can be stealthy even like outside the stealthy terrain in the map. Oh, they so can. I don't know oh. how that works. Yeah, they can, and this is gonna be very interesting because I don't know how that works. If you you don't see them like outside certain range when they're being stealthy or what, but yeah, the these are built for hit and run tactics to run through. Nice. 
Well, and finally, what the hell have I been up to in this game? I've been ranking, like my life depended on it, and I'm silver 3 right now. I don't know how I got to silver 3, I'm also uh, almost, almost a gold 1, but I am getting there. And Just hopefully I can further. Sorry, sorry. Um, how, how does the ranking system work in Age of Empires? What ranks are there? Yeah, let me uh, look for it real quick because I know that it is bronze, silver, uh, gold, mm -hmm. diamond, or platinum, I don't remember. And the very top one is conqueror. So it's like six or so ranks. I, I want like, to get an understanding of how impressed I need to be, in essence. <laughs> not very, because I'm not even halfway through there. Look. Oh, but progress is progress, I'm getting right? there. Yeah, like, that means you won a bunch of games against, you know, good players. <laughs> <laughs> you know, last one in particular was kind of interesting, but let's not go into that tangent. But the... <laughs> I do have notes on what kind of civilizations I've been up against, but the one that really stuck out for me was the, um, are you really sure it's the Mongols who have the archer horses? If it is, I don't know, man. It could I'm going to say them. But... Yeah, I don't remember. The one that has the archer horses, they were hell. Just let me tell you. And it was like, and as you said, Alex, like one little mistake can cost you the, the game. I didn't know like what counters the, the horse archers and I was like mm. okay time to Google I'm trying not to die here and he was like it's the I don't Rus. know archers sorry it's the Rus not the Mongols it's, it's the, the Rus. Rus thank yeah. you yeah I was against the Rus then and I had no idea what to do because they had a lot of those and I couldn't send out my my spearmen because well it it, it they they die before they can reach the horses yeah, and, and the horses can and, shoot while they're running, which is fucked. <laughs> yeah, it is the fucking worst. Then uh, at the end, I started sending archers, which seemed, which looked like it worked for a little bit. But since my response was so late, I really couldn't do anything about it. So I had to forfeit. I had to surrender because... It, they were already on my city and destroying everything, so bye. <laughs> the other interesting matchup that I had was against the... I, I think it was against the English earlier today. And finally, 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 I'm getting like that... Um, those early hit-and-run tactics right, like... Kill a couple of villagers, run away. Keep a, kill a couple of villagers, run away. Nice. Or like, just pester the shit out of them. And I don't know, it just went out, went pretty smoothly somehow. So I guess I am getting better at multitasking this game, which is nice. And finally, there was... This one I lost, but it was an hour wow. matchup. And at the end, I just had to surrender because I ran out of resources. And the thing is, is that they played... Um, me thinks they played the English. Yeah. And 
I thought I was doing a good job at pestering them, but then they started walling up everywhere. They started like walling up the their their starting uh, point, and I couldn't like continue pestering them. So at the point uh, when I finally got the siege to destroy the wall, they had a lot of units, and I couldn't like really destroy everything like I wanted. And then they started walling me, like, on my half of the map, and I was like, oh no. Oh no. And at the end of the game, uh, there was, like, a lot of back and forth uh, at the wall. And at the end, they just overpowered me. Though I gave, like, a half an hour fight because, like, that continuous fighting went over like for 20 30 minutes and it was just tiring so at the end of the day i was like yep nope enough <laughs> age of empires uh, for today peace out <laughs> so yeah it has been one adventure after the other there are also like a lot of new players so i thought of uh against like a newer player that it was literally their first rank match so it was like okay i'm gonna go easier i i want to give them a chance i ended up like no mercy just enrolling them <laughs> but but yeah and there was like another weird match where for some reason there's uh, it was a chinese uh player and they started like making the, uh, their military units like when i started attacking them full force uh -oh. so so yeah, I'm not sure what happened there. Maybe they were AFK for a while. I don't know. It's the only explanation that I can give. I also uh, think though, early players, like when you when you start, because uh, I I did this when I was first starting when I'm playing AI and stuff. You often forget that you have to be building your military as you're playing along right you get lulled into that sense yeah. of especially if they're not harassing you you get lulled into this sense of like well there's no one around i just need to build up my economy and then i'll be ready to make a big army you know um yeah I feel like it's it's a common like beginner pitfall yeah, that could have been it but the player was called one or something like that so it was very weird wow that is weird i vote that they were afk or like I don't know, trying something out and it didn't work out. <laughs> oh, well, victory for you. <laughs> Another victory for me. So yeah, those are my Age of Empires adventures. I have way more, but I don't want to take forever in this conversation. <laughs> and why don't we jump to the topic? No. Yeah, why don't we jump to the topic of this week that it is... Sounds good. A gaming on vacation. Yeah, and, and this is sort of prompted by the fact that, as I say, I've been away for a week, um, and we thought it'd be a cool thing to talk about because it, it is like a whole different setup. And I think at the most basic level, obviously, handheld tends to be king. Mm -hmm. Probably changes with Game Pass and streaming options and things that you have available there. I think for me, the, the biggest thing is just like what time you really have available because a lot of it depends on your vacation, right? So like... Yeah. As a point of contrast, I know um, when I was younger um, and we used to go to see family abroad, um, you'd have like siestas. And I, as a kid with all of the energy, I didn't want to sleep in the day. I wanted to do shit. 
So <laughs> I have great memories of like playing Minish Cap and really sinking my teeth into that game. Um, ditto like FIFA 2011 on the PSP one time, I think. Those are the games like you, you really want to get involved. Custom Robo Arena is another one I played like that, where you've got a game that requires some attention, requires some investment. If you have the time to do that, those kind of experiences are great for, you know, holiday. I think holidays at home, which is something that you've popped down in there, either Alex or Paolo is probably one more for that. But I know this most recent time I've gone away, I actually didn't have a lot of time just sat with my consoles. We were like mm-hmm. by the pool or we were going and doing something or, yeah. you know, we were going to a restaurant. So it not only is it smaller chunks of time, it's also... I, do I really have the mind share or like the the energy or the will to sink my teeth into something beefy? One of the reasons I tried a couple of new games, one of the reasons I got into Gunstar Superheroes, little things that you can jump in for 10 minutes and, and just like have an easy time with. And I think that probably is the more interesting change for me. I mean, what do you two think about this sort of thing? Uh, one of the things that I liked, I uh, about the games that I choose to play on vacation is like either something that gives me something that is like a quick match so when I was at school it was Warcraft 3 or when I was early at uni it was Age of Empires 2 and now it is Age of Empires 4 which by the way I spent a lot of time during my winter vacation on that game mm-hmm. not that you didn't notice and <laughs> no <laughs> or something like that is like a game that I know I'm gonna be playing for a while. Uh, but some, and I also like to have like a more relaxing game to like start waking up in the morning because I like like waking up, uh, eating breakfast, and then it's like, oh, I have free time today. What if I play? I don't know an hour of Slime Rancher or an hour of. At some point, it was Stardew Valley, just as I'm waking up, I'm thinking what I'm going to do today. Um, especially because lately, like, with the pandemic and also since I got into uni, I don't go out for vacation much. Mm. Like, I just stay at home and just play some video games. So, yeah, that's the kind of things that I like doing. How about Alex? Yeah, I find like, because like there's the two different types of vacation. Like even recently, um, when I went back, back out east, um, and, you know, it's kind of a family vacation, but still a fun vacation, you know, going to beaches and stuff. Like I agree with you. For me, I think of like playing games as well, right? Like I absolutely love to just like, especially if they've got the, a lot of my flights are very long, <laughs> you know, mm. four and a half hours, right? Um, and so they'll have the nice, we'll have usually have the, movie screens on there as well so i can get you know watch a good movie while playing a game it's just like perfect but i'm really like i love to play short fun experiences when i'm going on vacation and and i find that i need um like it is so wonderful to get to go somewhere but i also find that i need i need a little bit of downtime from the amount of activities that we end up doing because i know i'm getting so it's so funny but like it is a thing where at times if you're going non-stop sometimes i just need a second just to kind of breathe. And my fiance luckily is exactly like that too. Like we want to do as much as we possibly can on vacation. But then we also know that we just need a minute sometimes to just like sit, play a game for a little bit and chill, like read a book. You know what I mean? Like we're like, okay, let's just chill for a second. And then we're, we're revved up and ready to go again. Um, 
And it, it depends too, because like when I go home, say for like Christmas or something, that's a whole different experience, right? Like I'm bringing my Switch with me and I am just going to game like crazy, right? <laughs> like it's just like, boom, boom, boom. I'm knocking out like, and I like to knock out small games that I've been meaning to play when I do that kind of thing. Like I remember last Christmas, I knocked out so many indie games because I was just like, you know what? I want to get through these indie games. I want to just like bash through them, you know? Um, and yeah, you know, I don't know. It's just like, for me, that's like the perfect time to do that. Um, and, but I also think like vacation to me does scream handheld in so many ways. Obviously if you're traveling yeah. somewhere, it's handheld. Um, but it's also like pick up and play handheld games. That's really the ones that I feel like stick out for me. The games that are just really good at like grab it for a couple seconds and pop it down. Like for instance, I played like Pokemon Puzzle League and shit, right? Like that's what I was playing on the way there. It's like for me, a game or like a Game Boy Advance game, something that is easily just like pop on, pop off as you're going to me is just like, Mm. it's just, it's perfect. But I'm also the gamer who brings like, I got my Switch, my 3DS and my Game Boy Advance and my book bag. You know, like I got all these fucking consoles with me. I have to say the whole like flight security thing, if you've got anything with a battery in it now, they they make you take it out. So I basically Ugh. emptied the entirety of my hand luggage into a separate tray because they had to scan it all properly, which is a whole fucking thing. They usually um, ignore, as long as I just take my Switch out, they're usually fine. I find my older consoles, they're just like, what? Shit. Yeah. One, one guy did see a Game Boy. I was like, damn, you got a Game Boy? I'm like, yeah. I was just like, if I'm going to empty it, I'm going to empty it. I don't want to do the whole song and dance. So I've emptied it a bit and then I empty it more. So it's just like, I'm going to tip them all out. And yeah. then on the return leg, the, the two agents were just having a chat and they didn't even look as they were pressing the button to go through. It's like, well, that was wasted effort, wasn't it? That was great. <laughs> yeah. um, Live Alive was good for that. I don't know why we didn't touch yes. on it before. I basically played the whole of the prehistory campaign on my flight back from where I've been. And the beauty Same. of that game is that <laughs> those little self-contained segments you can just section same as you would for like a, a short indie game or a short hike or you know whatever you want to do you can section a couple of hours out and be like i'm going to play one of these stories yeah and i think it, it's great that the game lends itself to it that way and that is very much a holiday thing a, similar to like a holiday book read right like yeah. you want something self-contained small you want to take it just enjoy it and and that's part of the experience kind of thing and it also depends because sometimes i'll have like holidays at home right where like i'm just staying and I know that I have like two weeks where I don't have to do anything mm-hmm. except, you know, my regular everyday lifely duties of keeping my dog alive. Duty. And in those cases, I'll look at something like, you know, like a big RPG and I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. You know, like vacations are almost the opposite way around, aren't they? Where it's like, yeah. I've got this time. I can really get involved. I need a staycation to get back to P5R. Like Persona games are so staycation games big beefy rpgs sports Elden games. ring for me is one yeah i used to love nothing more than having a week and knowing that i could just get through a couple of seasons on fifa manager mode nice. i think sports games really lend themselves to that way i know it's not necessarily our demo but like that's very much where i'm at no i get you i mean i remember my brother would do i did this with nba sometimes but like my brother he's that kind of gamer where like he at christmas time he'd pull out the gamecube and he'd hit up some like manager modes in NHL and just play through a bunch of, uh, you know. He was one of the three people that used the handle, right? Hell yeah, he was. <laughs> Grab that by the fucking handle and bring her in. <laughs> Ask me how to set it up and then you'd be good to go. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, set this thing up for me. And I'm like, ah, I gotcha, I gotcha. Um, yeah, man. Oh, God. I, And of course, this is all, 
we're all pre-children folk. <laughs> and so I imagine once I have children, children, which is likely coming in the next, like, fuck man, maybe two years, probably this time, two years, I think we'll have kids. That's, that's the plan at least right now. Yeah, they're coming soon. <laughs> it's happening. Um, I've got a strong feeling my vacation if we're if we ever man if i even get to travel with with kids i actually don't think we're gonna go many places <laughs> once we have kids but i imagine that's a very different experience on the plane playing a game as if i'm probably on a plane being like don't cry <laughs> uh, but then i don't know you know who knows maybe it is fine maybe you find more time i don't fucking know man uh you do hear stories of people like letting the babies fall asleep on their lap while they're playing a game like yeah you. Yeah, like I remember um, the the no clip guy, Danny O'Dwyer. He's got um, unless I'm mixing it with someone else, but it, him or someone else had a story of like playing Bloodborne with their newborn on their lap, and like that was a whole thing where the experience was so different for them because they couldn't get angry because they'd wake them. Yeah, but you're playing this rage yeah. game, and it's a very different experience, but a very bonding one in a way as well because it's almost like that precious time for you to play the game in an otherwise very busy life is combined with like that precious close time with yeah. a newborn. And honestly, even so, as long as they're just with you, right? Like that's like, even with my dog, my yeah. dog sometimes is just happy that I'm like chilling with her while I'm doing something, but it's, it's it is yeah. funny. Yeah. It's like a different, it's a different experience with gaming. Um, and you have to pick different kind of games too, right? Like I, I feel like I would imagine to have kids, it's like you got to pick a game where it's just like, if you need to look away for a few minutes, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. exactly right like you just uh, 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 uh. um i don't know i just i have such fond memories of playing games on vacation you know like it's just because again to me i think they almost stick in my brain a little bit more because i get this concentrated dose of the game whereas you know many other games like the way i play games obviously it's spread out over long periods of time i just i don't i do not have hours and hours in a day to play games it might seem like i play a shit ton but that's mostly because i have very very concentrated carved out times of my day of which i get to play games you know what i mean like i've scheduled my <laughs> days very well <laughs> but i can't just sit what, binge what a game all, yeah. what are all our fondest gaming memories then that, that's a nice one to hit on for for a holiday. singular yeah, yeah yeah What what's the single one i think for me i i, I alluded to it a moment ago Probably Custom Robo Arena. Cause it was a game I picked up. I, I, This is an interesting full circle thing. They were both on discount in the game shop. It was either Custom Robo Arena or Mist, the DS port, which is Fuck, fucking Fuck, you awful. dodged a bar. <laughs> no, I went Mist first. I went oh, Mist no! first. <laughs> Hated it. And then just before we went on holiday... Um, my parents were like, well, right, we'll go and you can pick a game or two to play while we're out there. Because we, in, in this instance, we were gone for like a month. Oh, wow. Um, and I, I went for the right one this time. I picked up Custom Robo Arena and I lost my life to that game. Like I, I played it start to finish and played some of the post-game content. And I just remember being curled up on the sofa at the place we were at, just playing through it and cleaning my robot, polishing the parts and doing the battles and like having all the conversations and it was just wonderful. Mm-hmm. So that, that's me. What about you two? To think, but I think I have to go for a more recent one and that's going to be the Land of Zelda Breath of the Wild, mainly because since my nephew got into gaming, he adores that game in particular. 
And we have spent like so many hours just playing either playing by uh, side by side hmm. or like just talking about the game and he, and at some point when he started like discovering all the secrets, he will call me like, Hey Paula Paula, can I tell you about this secret that I found? And then he will explain me exactly how to get to the thing and I will I will have to follow how he was like I will have to follow his instructions to get to the thing if I haven't got it already in the new save file. So, and that is, I don't know, a more wholesome experience than I was expecting out of my vacation with my nephew. Also, um, in a less wholesome note, I also love when we do that those uh, bingo competitions with my boyfriend and now with my nephew too because he has gotten quite good at the game and it's just like pure fun and um, especially when you're like trying to i don't know if you whenever i get like a lot of competitive people in the same room as, as me and we have like this hey let's try to do this first like let's try who who does who can like complete this challenge like the fastest it is just like everyone gets like so pumped up and it's like a very good time because everyone's so into it so yeah i i think that's uh the, like the most precious game to me in terms of vacation uh, memories nice um i have something kind of similar so because like when I think back on it, like I have a couple that I can kind of remember, but there's one that actually really sticks out for me, and it's with my um. So every year my family would go to Cape Breton because my father's from there, and all our family would go, um, like all the extended family, and I have um, twenty one cousins, I think, something like that uh, on my dad's side. I have a lot of cousins. <laughs> um, Same. Yeah, yeah, uh, just an absolute boatload. Um, yeah, you, you're similar, Paula. Yeah, I have. No, we are 25 cousins in total between my that side and my mom's side. I think maybe in total, I, I might be similar as well. Might be around that. Yeah, it's a, it's just a lot. Um, <laughs> and so, um, it's huge, right? And a lot of them were around my age. Actually, there was a bunch of us who were similar aged. Um, all the parents were having kids at the same time, basically. <laughs> um. And so one of my cousins had like a Game Boy Advance, the nice purple Game Boy Advance. Uh, and he had Super Mario Advance, like the one that was um, um, two, you know, the second one, Super Mario Advance 2. The, yeah, Mario yeah. Land 2, Super Mario Advance, yeah. Yeah, Super Mario Advance. And uh, oh my God, man, I have fond memories of us. We'd pass that around, like play as Peach and like doing all these things going through and play it. And we'd like, it was me him, and him and one of my other cousins age. We would like pass that around like keep playing together and like trying to beat different levels and stuff and like it was such a good time like i just remember playing so much of that together and like again i didn't know that was a game from before the game boy i just thought that was a game boy advanced mario game right because as a kid i didn't know um and i had such <laughs> a good time with it like i would say most of my like um childhood holiday vacation memories are probably around the game boy advance um thinking about playing lost age and stuff but there's actually there's one more and i think i've talked about this on the podcast before but when i got the gamecube i got vex i had a great time playing that that game is so weird really good game yeah Yeah, but i i just i distinctly remember playing that game and red steel when i got the wii 
but I, I remember that. Like Christmas is always a time. But in terms of going away vacations. Oh, actually. Sorry, one other one. Um, I got a bunch actually. Apparently. So when I was in Italy, I was chaperoning a tour that my parents had done. I had uh, put a bunch of homebrew stuff onto my iPad, that first generation one. And I had it set up so that a Wii remote could connect to it and I could use the classic controller. And I played Chrono Trigger while on the bus drives um, throughout yeah. Italy. Yeah, and it was dope. So I would just like, I'd be like playing Chrono Trigger and then I'd just look out and I'd go, beautiful hills and keep playing. And it was like, it was serene, dude. It was serene um, and just kind of incredible. So that was a random thing. I was probably, probably looked odd. I had a fucking Wii remote stuffed in my pocket, but you couldn't even see it. It's just in the pocket, playing the cast control, fucking playing some Chrono Trigger, man. Great times. <laughs> And you could have just yeah, have to. bought the DS port. Yeah, but at the time, um, <laughs> actually, oh, no, I think at the time when I went, the DS port was already, like, the DS was kind of done at that point. Um, when I was playing it, like, when I was traveling in Italy, it was like the DS was kind of gone. And I, I think finding even the Chrono Trigger was tough. Um, but it was yeah. free. I didn't need to, It was on a big iPad screen. It was very pretty. <laughs> And it had save states. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, okay. So, without further ado, oh, oh, wait. oh, Paula, you got more? Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to add like one more. That is, uh, well, again, too bad. No, uh, <laughs> don't be an asshole. But that's my favorite. Um, now go ahead. Don't make me laugh. <laughs> Go on, Paula. <laughs> okay, so uh, again, uh, I don't know if I ever stated this, but um, my nephew like spent used to spend a lot of time at my parents' house when he was like very, very, very small. So, um, he started like wanted to try out the games that i was playing and one of the games that he started playing like the first game he ever started playing was mario kart 8 for the wii u and it's the game the first game he also got good at playing and was able to play with a group and actually have a lot of fun with it so that is like another precious memory for me like like while playing like during a vacation or holidays whenever he came Whenever my nephew came home uh, to visit my 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 parents, his well, his grandparents, um, we, we will just like he will go like, hey, can we play a round of Mario Kart? Uh, yeah, of course, around, just around, of course. We ended up playing like for at least a couple of hours, and he will always like go like one more one one more round one more round, and I don't know, it's like. Since I know him since the day he was born, literally, uh, I've been like watching him go through his gaming journey since the very early. So it's kind of precious to me because like I've been like molding him in a way like, hey, try out this game or maybe you will want to try this other game. And he, when he sees me, when he watches me playing, obviously he wants to try it out too. So, I don't know. It's kind of fun in that way. Uh, I mean, the, go the on, man, I've got one more. Um, 
It's um we for Christmas we always used to travel. I think I've told this story before, so I'll be quick. But um, all my cousins live in a different part of the UK. That's where we would go for Christmas. We all had DSs like a few years between all of us. Uh, Mario Kart DS was the one for like four or five years, and we'd all like DS wireless hook them up, and we'd all play together, and I would always win, and we'd all have an okay time. That's me and my brothers. We play Mario Kart together, except that's the only game that my bro- my uh, younger brother can beat me at because he played so fucking much in college. <laughs> yeah, so I'm actually really happy to play it with them because it's honestly pretty fun to be able to play a game where like I actually have to really work to try and win. Um, you know, it's exciting. It's like because I don't I don't actually like playing a game where I just it doesn't feel it doesn't feel fun if you're just dominating because you're like well. Yeah, it still doesn't sit. Right? And it's not even because I'm, like, that much better. I just, I play more. <laughs> like, that's... Yeah. <laughs> you know what never gets dull? One, me knocking my microphone over, but number two... How long to beat the game? Uh, it's my turn. So yeah, it's not at the moment... Anymore. We've been doing it for, like, three months. I guess. Yeah, so we're in the third round now. So, uh... <laughs> This time around, yeah, which by the way, you got to play Age of Empires 4 soon, buddy. I do. Them's the rules. Play the game. With no enforcement, but them's the rules. I have like five days left to play Myth. That's true. That's That's true. I have to finish Remnant from the Ashes. I've got maybe 10, 12 hours left to do that. That's going to happen. Then I will have the necessary hard drive space to install Age of Empires. All right, you heard that your shall then first, folks. We, we know the roadmap now. <laughs> we know um, the roadmap. We do. But, but roadmaps, you know, they, they're never allowed to change ever in gaming. Roadmaps are no, finite and, and They must that's stay definitely. as they've been announced. Mm-hmm. That is how the world works. <laughs> You've got to follow them. All right. So anyway, uh, <laughs> what game is it this week, Alex? The standings right now, I'm at eight points. Rick's at six points. Powell's at one point. Um... We're in like the second round now, I think, because I, I think I started it. Maybe I don't. I don't remember. I want to say yes. Yeah. Whatever. Let's yeah, find because out. Because there's no way you have eight points otherwise. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because Rick's played twice. You now. had two really good rounds, and I had one really good round, which is why Paula is very, very low. We're 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 on the second cycle of this round. There we go. We get it. Ah! (laughs) All right. So Mm -hmm. the game is World's End Club. 12 12-year-old kids go on a 1,200-kilometer journey, a new type of action-adventure game that fuses a thrilling story with 2D side-scrolling action. I'm aware of this one. This is from the nonary games person, I want to say. I think so. It's from from someone, or is it Danganronpa? It's like someone who's involved in one of those things. I think it's both. Oh, okay. Is it like a, a one it's by two sort of Kyo like, games, which is pretty cute. T O O. Two Kyo games. Kyo games. Yeah. <laughs> two Kyo games. I think like that. some creators of Nonari games and some from Dangarompa merch. I, I think that's what it is. I think they did that and made a lesser quality product. Um, so <laughs> Ooh, you heard it here first. Look, this is notoriously average um, from what I've from what I've seen. I, I, Which I is kind of sad. It is quite sad, um, but that is how the cookie crumbles. Crumbles. Um, <laughs> I would like you, for your bonus category, this has three genres. I would like you to guess what the genres are. 
closest wins. What are the three ah, genres? Shit. Okay, I oh, I shit. might have fucked that one up though because I'm researching this game because I know nothing oh. about it. Yeah, but three genres and how long to beat? Oh, okay. oh I see. Okay, I was going to say because the description on on Steam's pretty. Okay, but that might not be what they call it on this one. So no, no, no. That that's fair <laughs> enough. That's fair enough. Yeah. Okay. So again, closest will win for this one. You don't have to get it exactly right because that would be quite difficult. Um, but whoever can get most correct will win. And I'll yeah. be judged by. <laughs> Okey-dokey. I almost sent my answers on the wrong chat. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, careful. Would <laughs> that would have been bad. I mean, it might have been good okay. for Rick, but bad for you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that invalidate the round or something like that? Not if I get all the points, it would. Oh, oops. Oh, uh, yeah, I would just pick a new one. Okay, I've got Rick's in. I am doing my best here. I forget how to... How to type? Do not send a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got to press shift uh, and enter. <laughs> yup. Yeah, so the reason I kind of clowned on this game is just that... I, I um, it it did, I remember, get like a pretty, a, a pretty lukewarm reception, I think, which was too bad because I think there was a fair bit of hype for it. Um, so it's mixed on Steam, yep. a, a very nice 69% positive user reviews. Yeah. Nice. Which that's not great considering um, those games are like, at least, you know, the Nonary games and the Danganronpa games are like renowned as being top tier. Yeah, it, also, it looks like it was very sort of child geared, which is not what you'd expect. Yeah, I mean, in, in aesthetic, apart from anything else, it seems very kidsy. It's got a sixty-four on Open Critic with a seventeen percent critics recommended. So, Oof. how do you write these? It's also interesting because I think, um, from what I understand, it seems a little bit like this is a game. Like, isn't the idea with this game that they've been brought for like a Danganronpa style deathmatch, but then it just doesn't happen and they have to go home? Like, I think... If I remember rightly, it's like a death game, but they come out and like the world's ended around the death game. So obviously um, the game becomes defunct and they just have to like survive. It's almost like Lord of the Flies meets mm. generic death game concept, I think. It does look interesting. It's the kind of thing, like, if it gets a deep switch there, I might, like, consider trying out. I mean, it's not super expensive full mm -hmm. price. I wonder how much is it at Switch at the moment. Steve's have a look probably while cheapest finishing way of doing around. it. Uh, Pal's done, so we're going we're gonna to hop on oh, here. Cool. So, uh, okie dokie, here we go, folks. Um, first off, for Maine, uh, Paula has said 10 hours, and Rick has also said 10 hours. Um, which, even... If you hadn't guessed the exact same one, it is actually a 10-hour game. So you both get points. Ooh, well done. Nice. You guessed it correct. Uh, next up, we have main plus. So in this one, uh, Rick has said 15 hours, and Paula has said 14 hours. And the time is 13 and a half hours. So that one's going to go to Paula. for me. Uh, Paula's creeping back up here. Um, okay, 100%. Paula has said 15 and a half hours, and Rick has said 20 hours. 
And I've got a strong feeling that the winner here is 15 hours, Paula. So it's 15 uh, hours. Yeah. So Paula <laughs> has done a pretty good showing here so far. So now it's eight, four, seven. So let's get to our bonus round. So for the bonus round, three genres. Uh, Rick has said action, adventure, and 2D side-scrolling. And Paula has said puzzle, visual novel, and side-scroller. Interesting. So um, the actual genres are adventure, puzzle, and visual novel. So I'm going to have to give this one to Paula. I got two out of the three. Yeah. Rick got one out of the three. So uh, that means <laughs> that we have here... Uh, oh my God. Wow. Yeah. See, Paula brought it up. So the, the rankings now are eight for Alex, seven for Rick, six for Paula. It is still yeah. anyone's game. Could change at any moment. Who knows? Uh, that was a good round. Well done, you two. I like the genre one. That's kind of neat because it is kind of tough to know. Like, what are the genres? <laughs> Especially for a game like this. Yeah, it is an interesting one, right? Side scroller. I see why you put that. I imagine Steam probably lists it as a side scroller. I, I was yeah. yeah, I was kind of cheeky. It says a new type of action adventure game that fuses a thrilling story with two D side scrolling action. Yeah, so I just sort of pulled those words out. Those I appreciate like, they wouldn't necessarily. Yeah, the genres like, make sense like... to me: adventure, puzzle, visual novel. That does seem to describe what it is. <laughs> um, all right. Went... Oh yeah. Oh, I just went for something that made sense given the developers of the game. Yeah, that's fair. Side scroller was because I saw the game like in a trailer and was like, oh, that looks like a side scroller. <laughs> <laughs> looks like one, talks like one, it is one. Um, all right. So thank you for tuning in, folks. That's it for now. I don't know why I put a twang on there, but we'll tune in next week <laughs> for more fun from all of us. Toodaloo. Bye. Bye.